Huntsman! Oh, do I have a tale to tell. All men of Raylund who are of able body and have reached the age of maturation are hereby legally required to enlist in Raylund's standing army as decreed by the High Council and your King, Arctur Dominus. Are there any townships between here and the next checkpoint? Well, there's no guarantee that Raylund would even be able to pull the strings necessary to get him in. What? Magica. What? <sighs> magic. You know, tied to woe. It's slightly different than magic. Halt! You have no business being near this wagon. Uh, well, you did say anything. Uh, uh, Finn, buddy, I hope you're not causing trouble for the military, right? Damn it, Finn, unless you want to go to jail, you need to stop now. Foundlings, and welcome back to another episode of the Gage Chronicles. This is Chronicle 1, Chapter 45. I am your host and game master for this series. My name is Emily, and today I am joined by my two players who can introduce themselves at any point. Uh, hi, I'm your Charles Smoot, 57 year old biology teacher, born and raised in upstate New York, played by Quinton Ott. Uh, and I'm Finevier Avere a local bard, uh, aspiring merchant, and presently a jailbird of sorts. Quite literally a local bard. Oh, yes. Yeah, in this area. It's about as local as it gets for him right now, yeah. All right. So, to recap for you boys. Mm. As if we could forget. Mm. Very eventful last episode. With the deadline closing in, Mm -hmm. the party made haste for Senai and, well, briefly ran into a friendly face during a pit stop in Westonil. After a pleasant break, the group begins to hear mounting concerns and rumors of war on the horizon. You quickly moved onward, but unfortunate circumstances routed your efforts to reach Senai. And now, Finevere must deal with prison life while Charles Smoot runs through boot camp. And this is not how things were supposed to go. This isn't even the same game anymore. Oh, does that mean we're in a new chronicle? No. (laughs) Dang it. Yeah, the the entire second chronicle is... uh, Military uh, expedition. (laughs) Yeah, two solo campaigns of uh, military boot camp, uh, uh, single-handedly uh, winning the war, and Finnevere's uh, like life, uh, uh, making friends in prison. Friends, that's what we call them. Okay, I like it. We're basically going to be beginning where we ended. The same day, just fast-forwarded a little bit. A few hours. No, 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 no. Not even? No, no, no. Trust me on this. I, I've got this. I've got Yeah, and we're, we're not doing that. We're doing some skips, but I'm not a lot. I'm in. Let's begin with Charles Smoot's perspective. Oh, me! I like that. So, with Finnevere having been dragged off to the inside of the fort, Charles Smoot, you saw him being hauled by two separate guards under his arms, his legs dangling behind as he's taken off. But you, after telling Valen that you're going to attempt to join up with this military as part of the conscription, you're walking towards the gate. And as you pass through this sturdy wooden gate, you see a line of men, presumably other conscripts. And as each of them reaches the front of the line, they seem to interact with two guards, one documenting on the inside of a side-stitched book and the other providing a quick examination of the conscripts before directing them further into the fort. There's been a lot of lines in this game, I'll have you know. Mm, a lot like of waiting. Recently. It's like an amusement park. It really is. Are there any other guards nearby near this line? Any other guards? Yeah. Well, you see a lot of soldiers inside who are walking around, but this line seems to be manned by two guards at the front, and then there are several guards that are outside of the gate. Some of them are actually the ones that got involved in the kerfuffle that occurred mm, last the session. The altercation, if you would. Yes. Um, how, how long is this line? Well... You can see that there are a large number of people already inside of the fort, seemingly uh-huh. already having passed through. The line that you're in seems to have maybe about 15 or so Ooh. young men and oh, old yeah. men as well. Very impatient. Yeah, I mean, he's probably at the end of the line anyways. Always. So it's just like, wait now or just forever hold your peace. Um, well, and I don't want any peace to be held. So I'm going to walk up to one of the guards at the front gate, and I'm just going to 
You're already at the front gate. Oh, you're, I, you're, you're at the line. Cool, cool, cool. So, yeah, I'm going to turn to one of the guards at the front gate. All right, so uh, here's the dealio. Uh, my friend got arrested, and I'm assuming he's going to be stuck here. And uh, I'm going to assume you're not going to give me free lodging till he gets out. So uh, what, what do I have to do? The guard looks at you mildly confused as this does not seem to be his job description, but he sort of gestures. You can just stand in the line and join. Oh, yeah, wait, wait, wait. see, then the problem with that is that I have to, like, fight in your war. Uh, can I have you on that? Uh, I, I'm really just here because my, my friend's in jail. So you're visiting? How long can I visit for? Is that, like, an, an extended thing? Roll diplomacy. Oh, a whole 14. We add zero to that, so it's just a good dice roll. Well, unfortunately, visiting hours aren't until later in the afternoon, sir, and, yeah. Uh, beyond that, typically they're only allowed to be in for... Around an hour. Ooh, oh, yeah. Oh, that's like I knew. Uh, he'd, he'd probably die if I was only here for an hour a day. Um, hmm. Well, what's the, uh, what's the standard enlistment period? He shrugs. Oof. It's one of those, is it? Yeah, I can't tell the altercation's over with. Yeah, okay, we're good. Well, there's no altercation to speak of yet, but they're just being cautious. All right, so, so I have to stay here until an altercation happens? Or until an altercation doesn't happen. So if nothing happens, I'm free to leave. If the king says that, then yes. Oh, okay, sorry, this is king. Okay, all right. All right. Charles, while you were, like, kind of moseying around, yeah. you catch a glimpse of a perception check in your future. Ooh, <laughs> I love catching checks of perception checks. Um, my perception check says 24. Mm-hmm. As you were sort of moseying your way and just looking around at this point and then having this conversation with the guard, your eyes catch a glimpse of what appears to be a younger man or a boy really to you who has a striking resemblance to Ben. Oh, how striking? Relatively striking. Relatively striking? Like, honestly, he him walking by, you just did a double take. Is you it like CC to Kelsey striking? It is somebody that reminds you of your son. You see <laughs> this young man along with another friend of his sort of walking by and they're cheerfully discussing the potential of going to war and their excitement for it. Two brazen young fellows. And you do know that there are a wide range of age groups that are waiting in line. You actually see an older fellow with a cane who's hunched over, walking slowly with each step. All right, well, then I'll just nod off the guard and just be like, all right, well, I'm going to see how quickly I can speed run military promotion. And I just walk to the, to the line. Great. All right. 30 minutes later. Okay. So, oh, yeah. I know waiting in a line is like 16, 17 people. Not fun. Charles Smoot. Yep. After several minutes of waiting. Lots of waiting. Very good. Lots of waiting. Mm -hmm. uh, you finally get to the front of the line where the two guards are standing there. Mm -hmm. The one says, all right, sir. Name? Charles Smoot. All right. He starts documenting it down. Meanwhile, the other guard is starting to walk around you. Hold your arms out, sir. He would T-pose aggressively. <laughs> Discerning dominance. You feel as the man walks over and he kind of looks up at you. Oh, I'm, I'm assuming all of the people in this line are shorter than me. Yeah, you're a big man. He's you're six six. Yeah, you're six foot six, and these people are on average, most of them you don't see being any taller than six foot, and you can estimate the majority seem to be around Finevere's height at five foot eight. Ugh, puny mortals. So he looks up at you and kind of raises an eyebrow questioningly and he goes over and he picks up a stool and walks <laughs> back over. After the other soldier has finished asking about your name, he says, All right, place of origin, sir. Uh, to find origin? Your hometown, where you were born. Forest? Yes, I don't know. That's where I woke up at. They look back and forth to each other and look back at you. I reside in Lamb's Respite. I see. So, a mercenary then. Yeah, sure, why not? We'll go with that. All right, form of identification, sir. Uh, will a secret pendant do? As you say that, both of them kind of scoff. Ugh, one of those crows. Yeah, I guess you could call me that. I'm sorry, are we too well-trained for you? All right, do you give him your badge, or are you just kind of like awkwardly standing there? Oh, like... we'll show it to him. Okay. So, the guard that was examining you, um, now standing on a stool, looks down at the emblem, and then he flicks his eyes back up towards you. What business does a crow have coming all the way up here? You best not be seeking anything around these parts. 
Uh, oh, uh, my, my friend got arrested for attacking one of your military convoys. I tried stopping him, but he's a real thickhead. This isn't the first time he's been arrested. Check the paperwork. Um, uh, however, uh, they said like visiting hours was only like one hour a day, and that wouldn't do. Sir, so they sir, said sir, I'd have to sign sir, up. Sir, please. Well, I don't like you crows. I'll take all the help we can get. All right. Head on over to the armory tent. And he gestures and points to a very large-looking tent, which is set up in the middle of a field. All right, sounds good to me. All right. And as you're walking through, I'll have you make another perception check. On 15 total. Okay. Uh, You actually see off to the right-hand side, underneath of a large stone building, which appears to be the garrison itself, there are a row of cells. And you see as Finevere's body is tossed roughly into one of these cells. And you make note that he is on the farmost one. From where you're looking, it is your right. Charles Smoot, as you traipse across the large open yard, there's barely a speck of grass on it. And you make your way through these crowds of both young and old men. The old man, though, that was in front of you in the line definitely was not accepted in as you see him hobbling his way sadly back before you made it in. That's ageism! I'm kidding. I kind of want to say it, though, but no. You identify with him because you're also an old man? Yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> well, it's technically ableism, but that's what you want in the military. You head to the location that you were directed to, and sure. interestingly, you notice that while there are the permanent structures in the fort, such as that stone building central to what you assume is the training grounds that you're coming from, There are a vast number of tents set up and other temporary structures in the middle of this large fort. In fact, the whole area appears to be as busy as a military encampment in a frenzy of preparation. Groups of soldiers outfitted in chainmail with hints of blue streaking their helmets receive barked orders from men at the front of their units, and organized shouts from the drills fill the air, along with the occasional explosion, which you hear just off in the distance, beyond the walls of the fort. And so, you make it to the armory tent. You can see inside is large. Going up, you see that there are several large stations filled with an array of gear, and you see that the men are essentially going down this line and receiving pieces of equipment from different men. And you do realize, though, that there are very few, if no women here at all. That would make sense. Charles Smoot? We'll just get in line and start going down the row. Okay. Um, so you will receive a standard set of chain mail. You get two weapons of choice from the selection I'll give you. You also get a blanket and a mess kit. And your options for a weapon... They're all standard. There's no mass work involved. Blanket. Mess kit. Armor? What kind of armor? Chainmail. Chain you get chainmail and a like, helmet. Get one of those helmets? Fancy helmet. Yeah, you get a military-styled helmet. blue feathered helmet. Nope, it is oh. not blue feathered. You are not of a Oof. rank. Oof, that's, that's cringe. So just, just never mind. I'm not even going to write the helmet. That's not even important. You basically, you get a soldier's uniform. We need to rewind the person who hands me the helmet. Okay. All right, so there is a young man who does not appear to be enthralled, but he is currently handing out the helmets. Next. Okay, can I get one of those ones with fancy blue feathers? <laughs> fancy blue feathers, sir. Yeah, get one of those. I saw them in the back, back in the courtyard. Oh, what? Should I call you captain then? Hey, might as well. Who do I got to punch in the face to get one? He blinks and stares at you. Who do I have to beat in a fight to earn one? He just shoves a helmet in your hands. Move along. Next. Uh, I see how it is. Normally you want the best and the brightest. This is a conscription. He moves on. Smoot will just have to absolutely demolish everyone in his that's like That's like walking into a Wendy's and expecting caviar. And somebody's like, sir, this is a Wendy's. That's <laughs> no, like, like going into... To say is like, hey, what do I need to do to be manager? Sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be managing. Who do I have to punch in the face? All right. So your options for weapons yeah, are yeah. greatsword, dagger, javelin, long spear, and long bow. Well, my dexterity's absolute hot flaming garbage. You're given the option of picking up two weapons. Um, Is there a modifier on that long bow? No. 
No modifier? Oof. That's... These are standard Oof. weapons so for cringe. basic children. Um, I'll take the uh, the greatsword and the long spear. Thank you. All right. So you receive a greatsword and a long spear. It is a standard greatsword and a standard long spear. You can look up the stats on your own. I will let you know, though, that long spear has grace and reach as special qualities. Oh, yeah. Reach. Get an additional, isn't that plus five to your tax opportunity? Yeah, so your reach is 10 feet. All right. Now, Smoot will keep on keeping on. Now he's got all the stuff. All right. Uh, as you begin making your way towards the exit of the tent, another guard begins to direct you and instructs you. All right. You're going to head on over to one of the empty cots. Find your own space. And just be aware, there's no storage here. You lose your armor, you lose your life. If anyone touches my stuff, they lose their life. And he walks on. All right. In a rear of year, though, it is now time for your perspective of life. Have I rested long enough to nope. regain a hit point? Nope. So, fading in and out of consciousness, the faint scent of petrichor dances in your nostrils masked mostly by the taste of iron in your mouth. Voices speak above you, though muffled and impossible to understand as your ears ring in protest. With each moment of clarity, your eyes hazily note the ground passing beneath you, but you make no conscious sight of your feet. Your body feels light, almost like it's flying. But suddenly you fall, coming once again into contact with the earth impacting solidly into a blanket of mud. And as your body begins to instinctively turn and gasp for air, the only sight you are greeted by is a dark, solid form colliding with your face. And you once again fade into unconsciousness. Until you wake up an hour later, in mud. Blindly find the wall and use it to help sit up. Okay. You are currently leaning up. As you're kind of adjusting yourself, you're leaning up against a rough stone wall that is behind you. Mm-hmm. You feel as the mud is kind of like squelching beneath your hands as you walk your way back up the wall. Mm-hmm. Start feeling my cheeks and they're likely swollen. Yes, there, there is swelling. And you do feel like a tooth is loose. <sighs> I taste the blood. Mm-hmm. Do, do I remember anything? Yes. You remember... Everything. I remember everything. Gosh, what was so important about that? My God. All right, I look around me. What can I see? All right, that would be a perception check. All right, through my swollen eyes, uh, that is a natural one plus plus eight for nine. A total of nine perception. Wow, you barely even see like the basic stuff. You only see things that are very obvious to you. You can tell that through your swollen eyes, you are in what appears to be an exposed cell. From where you're sitting to your left, you see that there's an adjoining cell connected to yours. And then further down, it looks like there might be some more. They do appear to be empty, though. And to your right, you can see out and actually at the front, you can see out to a field where you see groups of men marching or gathering together into units and apparently receiving some sort of orders. The floor that you are on is muddy, but there is straw. And to your left, as your hand kind of is clasping around, trying to help you gather yourself together, you feel yourself come into contact with like a woolen, damp blanket. And there is a bucket in the right-hand corner. He stares at it in prison. Lovely. <clears throat> Five-star accommodations. Yes. Only for the best. <laughs> yes. And your cell, overall, except for the roof and the back wall, all appear to be made out of strong and sturdy wooden beams. Hmm. Including the... You said it was open, so is it like bars or... Yes. So your cell is technically open to the air, but you are closed in by bars. Thick bars. I see. Is there a door on those bars? There does appear to be a door with a lock on the outside. All right. <clears throat> Starts looking around, starting to realize that no one he knows is around. You also uh, begin to kind of like, as you're rubbing your hands around on your body, just feeling the damage you've taken. Mm -hmm. You don't feel your bandolier. Do I feel my fine mithril chain shirt? Anything that was under your clothing is still on you, but 
All of your loose items are missing. Oh, oh Isabel's going to be so mad. Uh, all right. Um, I, I'll try to stand on my feet if possible. Okay. Standing upon your own two feet, barely able to, a little dizzy and woozy. You manage, though, bracing against the wall. Hello? Is someone out there? You say, hello, in such uh -huh. a Finnevere-friendly, also, like, concerned way. You hear a voice respond. <laughs> Looks like the princess is finally awake. Oh, the princess is here, is she? Ah, oh, yes, long hair, nice one. Ah, I get it, okay. And you see as what appears to be a guard approaches over to the cell wall. <laughs> Looks like they roughed you up pretty good, mate. Yeah, uh, 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 you should see how it feels. Oh, gosh, my head. Welcome to your new accommodations. Oh, I noticed the blanket and the straw. Much, uh, much appreciative. And the bucket. It's a good addition, of course. Yeah. And don't worry. You'll get a one square meal a day. Bread. Mostly stale. And some soup of whatever's left over. Oh. Oh, really? It, do I get a trial? Uh, it's is there an appeals court? He looks at you for a second. Kind of smirks. Oh, you'll get your appeal. Oh, that's great. When the commander comes, you'll figure out what your sentence in this. But no idea when that will happen. No idea? He doesn't come uh, come about regularly? On, like, a schedule or something? Not generally. Uh, uh, it's so good to, uh, so hard to find good people these days, I suppose. He's a good person. Just doesn't have time for riffraff. Uh, well, uh, I, I would uh, like to see him as soon as he comes in. I have some very important business to attend to. Sure you do. Just like everyone else. Well, of course. All right. Uh, well, I look forward to your sentencing. Uh, so do I. And I'll uh, just, like, he is, does, like, the little awkward finger thing and it just kind of sits back down and ah, blast. You want some ale? Is that an offer? He shrugs. No, I'm sorry. Uh, thank you, but alcohol's for business. He looks slightly disappointed, but he nods and walks away. <laughs> oh, maybe I should have taken him up on that. Look around at the mud. If I had so much as a daisy, I might be able to take some of these bruises down. <sighs> so. I, I try to move some of the earth and see if I can drum up a grub or something. So you start digging in the mud? Mm-hmm. All right. Just with one hand, quietly, and not enthusiastically. Okay. Just to not change the aching ribs. As you're digging through the mud, uh, you do happen to see that there are a few worms kind of wiggling about, trying to escape from you as you're currently digging them up from their holes. All right. I'll see if I can snatch one or two of them. You're able to grab one or two of them. All right. I'll attempt to crush the life out of them, and I'll attempt to cast, uh, oh, it's a Dicurlite Wounds. Finavir, as you're crushing the worm in your hand, you feel its little body wiggling under your clasped fingers, and then you crush it, and you feel it squelch, and as you do, the aura from its body seems to travel across and moves along your injuries, slowly repairing them to a minor degree. And your eyes are no longer swollen, at least, but you still feel the bruising and soreness there. However... You hear a voice. Well, I'll be damned. We got ourselves an ether tapper over here. Another water? Oh, that's rich. This'll be great. But now I'm looking more forward to your sentencing than ever. Uh, did I get uh, one or two casts of uh, Cure Light Wounds? Well, the first one is what provoked this interaction. I see. That's ten for the first one. And as you're preparing to go into the second one, the guard once again speaks up. I'll be careful how many times you do that, mate. Unless you're looking to get yourself executed. Oh, why was that? Is, is, is there a problem? Unless you got permission from the commander himself. You can't be using that here. And you remember there was a faint conversation as your mind started getting distracted that Valen might have mentioned something along the lines of restrictions on magic? Yeah, it wasn't very specific on it. I can't even heal myself. The guard just starts walking away and he's laughing. Blast. Toss the other worm at the wall. The worm dies upon impact. What a waste of life. What a waste. Just boredly stare out out of the crowd. Okay. 
Finnevere, you're staring out at the crowd. And, well, Charles Smoot, you head to a tent and you find yourself a space and a cot. And following orders, you go and you receive your initial instruction. Of course, blasting away all of the other recruits who have no experience. Although you do seem to have some trouble with some individuals who may be seasoned travelers of sorts and adventurers themselves. But both of you experience a day and an evening. And Finnevere, it's time for sleep. So, uh, Finnevere, as you are heading off into the land of slumber, could you please roll a will save? A total of 21 for Finn. Okay. As you drift off into an uncomfortable sleep, you find yourself standing in the middle of a grayscale forest. Your friends are standing around you. Charles, Amali, Cece, Kelsey, David, and even Sid, all of whom were smiling at you for one moment, and then suddenly angrily turn their backs to you and begin to walk away. In the distance, you note the silhouettes of three other figures barely visible in the foggy shroud of the wood. All right, Finavir, if you want to interact with this dream, go right ahead. So I saw all my friends and family, yep, more it. or less, yep. and they were smiling, and then they stopped smiling and turned away. And walked away from you, or began away. walking away. But I can still see them at the moment. They're walking away. But they're also three random figures that I can't identify at the moment. Yes, and they're in the distance, hidden in the fog. I'm going to focus on the friends and family. Like, wait, don't go. I, I guess I'll go towards Amali. Try to put my arm on his shoulder. Okay. As you charge forward towards these shadows, you feel as your hand passes through Amali and the vision fades. Uh, Charles Moot, you wake up the next day and you have another moment of training. But breakfast. And you see as Finnevere is sitting in his cell by himself. There is a guard there, but... He's just minding his business by himself. And yes, Finnevere, turning over, you feel your hand come uh, and brush up against something soft on your one side. Uh, I would be expecting this as I've I, I've come to know. I pick up the, the doll Isabel uh, with my right hand, brush the right cheek over and go, well, at least someone didn't leave me. I set her to the side okay. right next to me, that propped up against the wall in the same way I'm sitting. All right. Is she upset? Is she? I I, I checked I to know. see if she if her face see uh, shows uh, shows disdain. She does seem to be slightly upset, or maybe this is all just Finnevere's imagination. Finnevere's uh, upset. Finnevere's upset, so the doll is upset. Charles Moot, you um, have a little bit of time before you are required to go and do your training for the day. Smoot would approach Finnevere at his cell. Uh, Finnevere, are, are you okay? Uh, well, that stands to be a matter of perspective. Yeah, Charles Smoot, you can see that he doesn't look nearly as bad as when you left him. Well, you're conscious, so that's a plus. Uh, here, let me, let me, let me talk to the guard. Uh, Smoot would walk around to see if he could approach the guard watching the cells. Oh, the guard is looking right at you as you're talking with oh, him. Oh, hey, you! What? What's this, like, uh, ju judicial system look like around here? What? Yeah, you know... Like, well, if someone commits a crime, you don't you have to, like, give him a trial or something? Uh, they said, uh, it's up to a commander's judgment when he comes in. All right, where's the commander? When's he coming in? Uh, they said they don't know. They don't know? The guard just gestures back and forth. What do you mean time. you don't know? You lost your commander? No, 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 no. He's just very unpunctual. <laughs> How does the guard react to this statement? The guard just shakes his head. Then he goes back to eating his soup. Uh... Uh, where are the others? What do you mean, where are the others? They kept, they kept going. Well, that's good. Well, they had the cargo to deliver. I gotta fail the quest just because you get yourself arrested. You're lucky that I stayed behind. Uh, I appreciate that, Smoot. Uh, dearly, I do. If it's any consolation, while you're in jail, I'm kicking the butt of all of these recruits. I got free stuff, too. Free stuff? Uh, well... Uh, free asterisks. Free asterisks. You know, free is free. Free asterisks, not so much. <laughs> Do you even know what an asterisk is? What do you mean? Uh, what, what does an asterisk look like in Dwarf Doll? <laughs> in Dwarf Doll? You is mean Arthdoll? Arthdoll? Arthdoll. Arthdoll. It doesn't exist. The punctuation's not there. Oh. Uh, then I'll be stealing his vernacular. <laughs> That's fine. I'm like, you keep saying things like asterisk. 
Why would they know? Fake it till you make it. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to see if I can get promoted to, like, at least a lieutenant by the end of the week. The guard starts laughing. <laughs> hey. Good luck with that. What do you mean? You think, what, you think I couldn't take you in a fight? Right. Smoot, where you grew up, could you just become a higher rank just by beating people up? Oh, uh, no, not really. But I feel like that's how it should work. I mean, honestly, like it, like back in Spartan society, for example, like they really cherished whoever was the most competent at that position. So you could just like challenge a man mano a mano. I'm going to try that with my drill instructor later today. Uh, I, I don't I think that sounds like a very good idea, Mr. Smoot. What do you mean? I kick his button, then I get a promotion and get paid more. I maybe I, have more sway and can get you out of jail. It's perfectly sound. Sounds like the, you'll be preparing yourself a cell next to mine if best. What do you mean? I just challenge him. If he says no, I just question his manhood and we move on. Um, The guard was starting to stand up from the table, but as you guys have been bickering, he kind of sits back down and he puts his hand underneath his chin and is leaning on it, observing your conversation. It's very simple. I mean, I'm going to get one of those blue feather caps by the end of the week. Just you watch. I got, I'm going to punch so many people in the face. It's going to be great. Uh, Mr. Smoot, please don't punch any of these good people in the face. What well, good people? What do you mean good people? And who are you to tell me to do that? You like tackled a guard. I don't know what came over me. Oh, wait. So you're the crows. <laughs> oh, God. What was that supposed to mean? You think you could survive the training I had to go through? He just looks at you. That's what they say. Wherever the crows go, misfortune follows. Well, there may be some truth to that. Wouldn't it be wherever there is misfortune, the crows would follow? Because they're like detritivores and everything, you know? This poor guard tilts his head. Are you making fun of me or something? What? No. No, that's just how he talks. I'm so sorry. Smoot, please try to be polite. All right, so just because I'm not as learned as you might be doesn't mean you need to insult my intelligence. I'm not insulting your intelligence. I'm just making it glaringly obvious. All right, that's it. He stands up, slams his hand on the table, and seems to, like, take off his gloves. Oh, you want to throw down, do you? Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to get in the fight with this man. Mr. Smoot, please. Oh, come on. You're telling me that in an entire fort of new recruits that there aren't fist fights breaking out every day? You're, you're going to be in a cell with me. I mean, hey, listen. I have an important question about my cell. Is there room for two? No, no, I don't <laughs> want to know that. Uh, we, we already have two. Um, I need to know if the sides of my cell are solid and if I stuck up against one, if it would be hard to see me from certain angles. No, they're not solid. You're, so the sides are all open. They're all wood beams. The oh, only thing that's solid is the back. So that's what I meant by it's an open, like you are open to the elements except for the ceiling. Uh, that's not good. That explains so much. Like why there's no wood floor, it's mud, and you're in a compound that's a military compound. They can literally just keep eyes everywhere. Yeah, well, one, that's smart for how they keep their cells like that. Uh, two, that explains why I thought I might have been private with that uh, uh, a spellcast earlier, but it, it makes way more sense that, yeah, I know anyone could have seen that. So he's going to come up and he's going to try and swing at you. Fight me. What's your AC? He's honored. Um, 13? Okay. He hits you square in the jaw, and you take four points of non-lethal damage. And now we're talking! Uh, Charles Smoot would like to punch him in the face, uh, preferably with a power attack after going into Barbarian Rage. Whoa. You can do power attack with punches? Yeah? Oh yeah, we're punching him in the face. Uh, 21 to hit. That's gonna hurt. I might knock this man unconscious. Uh, cool. Uh, 12 damage. You see, as when you sock him square in his jaw, he actually gets knocked back a little bit, and he shakes it off, but you can tell he's feeling that one, and he charges back at you. So he charges, you sidestep, and he falls square into the mud. But he isn't prone, because he kind of, like, rolls out of it. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, why not just make a power attack again, right? Like, it's just such a good option. 23 to hit. It hits. Cool. That sounds great. I'm doing doing the Lord's work here. You seem to be catching the attention of several... 11 damage. ...groups of people walking over now. While he's stumbling in the mud, Charles Smoot just comes in and just, like, right hooks him. Sure. You right hook him in the face. 11 damage. He goes out on the ground. But as you do this, two other people rush you. Let's go! More XP! Oh, God. 
This is how you speed run character advancement. <laughs> You're okay. going to die. One of them trips over the unconscious guard, <laughs> but the other one actually lunges and latches onto your waist and is grappling you. What's your CMD actually? Pretty high. Oh, it's not that high. 18? Yeah, you're being grappled right now by this other guy who's kind of meaty as well. Nowhere near as big as you, but he's like, all right, guys, I'm coming in. He just charges in and wraps his arms around your waist and is trying to, like, take you down. Now, this is what I'm talking about. Uh, right. Charles Smoot is going to punch this guy there's now. A, there's a chair nearby. There's a chair? Uh, improvised weapon. Um... I could use it as a two-handed improvised weapon, though, which means power attack would do more damage. What's the penalty for using an improvised weapon? Minus four. Four? That'll put me at a, a minus six to hit. I feel like I have to do it. He's denies dex-based AC. He's grappled. Oh, can I grab that if I'm grappled? Yes, you have a hand free. He's got his arms around your waist. Oh, Pog, yeah. I just take both my hands, grab the nearby chair, and smash it on his back. Okay. It is meant to be. 20 to hit. Yeah. Definitely hits. What's chair damage? It's, I, I'm just going to give it a D6. D6? Let's go! That's a whole chair's worth of damage. That's 11 damage. Okay. Um, he's still holding on really tight. The chair smashes against his back, though, and he kind of grunts in pain. Three more people come running in, and I want you to know, there is a fight that is starting to just break out. Let's go! In the entire compound. <laughs> yes! <sighs> This is how this episode is supposed to go. All right. Sir, this is a Wendy's. Charles Smoot, uh, you get hit on the back of the head with a different chair that breaks. Nice. How much damage did I take? Five non-lethal. Uh, you see that there are two men on the ground who tripped over each other, and they're currently now fighting each other. Awesome. Charles Smoot. I power attack the man grappling me. Natural crit. Uh, confirming critical with a 17 to hit. It hits. Oh, yeah. 14 non-lethal damage with this critical power attack. Yeah, so you ram your body just down to this man. He's like, you do a, what is that? What is that move? Oh, pile driver? Where I, like, pick him up by his waist and, like, fall backwards yeah. with both of us? You, you pile drive him. He he goes unconscious, like, immediately. Um, so, yeah. We're just going to say that there is a massive brawl going on. We haven't had a good, like, Brawl. <laughs> we haven't had a, like a non-serious combat, which doesn't have real consequences. Well, Finnevere, uh, it looks like everyone is currently distracted right now. In, in a giant fight. So that's right. The first guard's totally unconscious. Uh, I would like to quickly check my pillow for its inside contents. Oh, I, that's right. I didn't get a pillow. I just got a blanket. Yep. You have a blanket. A wet wool blanket. Uh, is it frayed at all? Can I find figure that out? It doesn't seem to be frayed. It is in poor condition overall. Uh, yeah, poor condition is great. I will try to find uh, an inconspicuous spot to tear a piece off. Wool okay. is material component. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't know if I can tear a piece off. I could try it. <laughs> sure. Can I? How weak is your character? Zero mod. Yeah, just you're strong enough to tear a little bit off. So there's this solid shh sound. Um, I will let you know, though, while this combat is going on, this brawl, it doesn't last very long. As after a few minutes, I don't have a sound minutes? effect for this. Okay, like, now a few minutes. This is a pretty big compound. Nice. It takes people, like, time to figure out what's going on. It took a while for this whole thing to break out. I knocked out two people in 24 seconds. All the young guys are having fun now. How many more people can I knock unconscious? Uh, you see that there is actually, Finnevere, uh, you notice that there is a little, like, sweet-looking um, woman in a chef's outfit kind of walking around trying to carry a mess, like, a big cauldron. She's, like, screaming, trying to get away from all the people. <laughs> this is great. Okay. But anyway, uh... After I tuck that little piece of wool inside my uh my chain mail i'm like well we're in too deep to stop now and i would i'd start a bardic performance okay right before you would begin that though okay you hear as a relatively loud and commanding voice barks an order over everyone and you start to see as everyone draws themselves to attention 
Stop this now! Can I perception check this individual? Sure. 19? Does he have a really fancy blue hat? There is a well-decorated man standing at the top of the stone structure's stairs. They actually reside off, like, offset from where Finnevere's cell is, but the stairs kind of, like, come down right at that angle. So you can kind of see them, but you can't see the top of it. But you hear this order, Finnevere. But Charles Smoot, you see this well-decorated man standing at the top. He is wearing very similar colors to what you remember Valen having on with the the light blue, the deep blue, and the gold and white, all in this uniform. On his tabard, you see there is a rampaging griffin. He has hair that goes down to his neck, which is combed back and dark brown. He has on his side what appears to be a large sword as well, probably a great sword, but very well decorated. And he is accompanied behind him by two other well-decorated individuals with less ornamentation on their outfits. You assume this might be the commander of the garrison. Oh, perfect. We got his attention. We need to get this guy out of prison. And that's how both characters were arrested for about six months? What do you mean? I did nothing wrong. The guard attacked me. This was self-defense. He punched first, and I have witnesses. So, Charles Moot, you're standing there uh, with a body underneath you, and you kind of, like, stand up. But the commander barks one more order. Back to your stations and posts. Now. Where was I supposed to be going? (laughs) Your character would know that he has a small platoon that he is working with. Not any of the people I just not felt conscious, right? You know, I rolled it. I'm going to do a percentile because I think it's more fun. Yeah, how many people in my platoon were involved in that fight? All of them. They're all knocked out. It's all your fault. Uh, 53%. 53% of my platoon was in that fight? Absolutely. So 50%. Nice. Your, your, your platoon is a problem-causing platoon, apparently. Or Is that how many people are unconscious? Or... No, yeah, it's it's not 50 people were involved in the fight. 50 people were involved in that fight? Yeah. Jeez. How many, I, it was a it was a brawl that kind of broke out I like in that. front of the garrison. That's, that's good. That's good. That's a good look. Um I would if any members of my platoon were unconscious, I would carry them over to where we were supposed to be. Sure. You see that there is one of the younger men who is currently stuck underneath another larger man's body. You don't recognize the larger man, but the younger man you recognize. You kind of pick him up, hoist him, and start walking back to your tent. Congratulations. Free XP! Mm, It's not the same. What do you mean? It's... If I attacked a town guard and knocked him unconscious, would you give me XP? It's the same concept. I don't want to encourage it. He he hit me first. That is true. That was self-defense. But I'm going to say right now, I don't want murder hobos. I'm not murder hobo. I just need to punch as many people as possible to get a blue feathered helmet. Life goal. Well, a blue feathered helmet. Well, the helmets are not feathered. Oh, they're not? Are they stained metal? They're they're stained and they're different. They're different shapes and textures. Okay, okay. I just want to be like a lieutenant at least, right? Okay. Well, well, if you make yourself up to king, you can make that the... Oh, uh, that's a good point. I'll make that the new military standard. Okay. Well, Charles Moot, you head back to your tent and for most of the rest of that day, you you and the other people get mostly berated and yelled at by your commanding officer. It doesn't go very well for a little while and they actually make you do a lot more laps around the compound than you normally would. Meanwhile, Finnevere the commander seems to walk down the stairs, approaching over to where the guard is currently resituating himself, picks up his table, and is looking around for his chair. Realizing it is no longer there, he awkwardly stands there and salutes. You see this man now. You actually have vision of him. This commanding presence of an officer. Is, uh, how, what's the level of busy does he look? Well, right now, he doesn't look busy. He looks perturbed. Hmm. Usually when you're asking favors, it's good to catch someone after lunch. Maybe offer him some ale, because that's only for business practices. I've had experience with this uh, uh, Disney Cruise employee with a difference of hundreds of dollars. Catch people after lunch. Pro tip. It's in the, you know, uh, pro- profit of profit. Page profit eight. of profit. Got or, it. Or chapter eight. <laughs> uh, well, I guess, uh, you know, what's the worst that could happen? Uh, hello! Um, <clears throat> Mr. Commander, sir! 
The commander doesn't even turn to look at you, but the accompanying officer does look at you, and he raises an eyebrow. Okay. I'll <laughs> wave and stare directly at us to try to make contact. He stares back. You wave. The, like, the, the come here kind of wave. Diplomacy. Okay. That is one of his better stats. That would be a 15 total. This person actually seems to lean over to the commander and whisper something in his ear. And he seems to gesture as if, go ahead. And this person begins walking over towards you. You see that it is a, it's a man, probably in his late 30s, who comes over to you with short cut hair and a scar that traverses across his entire face and down to his left collarbone. This is the same guy with all the other descriptions with the, the, the combed back hair and the brown. Uh, different person. Different person. Different person. But he does seem to be someone who's in charge. But okay. So the commander seemed to have been whispered to by the one guard mm-hmm. as if asking for permission to go over to you and see what you needed. The commander then gestured with his hand as if to say, okay, go ahead. And so this soldier is approaching you. I see. I was told the commander's the one I need to talk to in, uh, uh, about my situation, and that's him over there, right? The guard stands there silently looking at you, observing you. He actually begins to walk around the side of your cell. And for a moment, he seems to look down at the ground. Someone behind you mm-hmm. looks back up at you questioningly. Oh, what, do you think I did that? Yeah, I'll gesture at the cell as if, are you serious? What do you think he's looking at? I think he's looking at Isabel. I didn't pick her back up yet. Yeah, okay, okay, interesting. All right, so you're the thief, or at least attempted thief. I think there's a bit of a misunderstanding. Misunderstanding? Assaulting an officer is a misunderstanding then? Well, if you take into consideration, it was the poor handling of whatever material was there. That cart, uh, some mystical effect would dissuade my judgment. I would consider that a salt of sorts. I, I have no interest in your cargo or wares. I simply wish to go about my my mission, which I came here for, and I can be on my way if there seems to be some uh, a type of uh, a penalty of source, even though, honestly, I don't believe this to be my fault. We, we can discuss that. What we need to find out is uh, how, how we can move forward with this. Open understanding. This man stares blankly at you, showing no hint of emotion on his face. He seems to be listening, but does not seem to be reacting at all. So how do we settle this? Is that debate? Do I, uh... You will receive your sentencing from the commander after all of the evidence has been assessed. All right, uh, brilliant. And, uh, when can we do that? He smiles and then begins to turn to walk away. Uh, no need to be too hasty. All ev- evidence should be uh, taken into account, I suppose. Uh, so go ahead, yeah. take a, take uh, what time is needed. Uh, I'll be here. Go ahead and make a perception check. Sure. Uh, that would be in a 17. As you're watching this man return to his station next to the commander, you see as the guard of your cell seems to gesture in your direction and make some very odd motions with his hands, trying to demonstrate something. Can I sense motive or something to try to interpret that? You can kind of like catch the words of, I don't think and tapa and things like that. It's very faint, but with the marching and the sound of other people just constantly going by and arrows flying by our heads apparently, it's very difficult to make out the full conversation but you could try and make a sense motive to try and understand what's going on. A 23 for sense motive. You can tell that his hand motions seem to be trying to indicate some sort of grandiose action that occurred. But the context would suggest he may be telling the commander that he believes you are an air quote, ether tapper. Alright, I think I'm good. After a few more minutes of conversation and frantic gesturing by the guard, you see that the commander seems to bark an order once again and gestures for the guard to move on. He is currently being replaced by someone else. But, Benavirvir, you are stuck inside your cell for a while longer. 
A few days pass by uh, when you are finally approached by not the garrison commander, but by the same representative who you spoke with before. During your time, you made some acquaintance, especially with the uh, older lady who carries around the soup, and she actually managed to get you some better rations uh, as you managed to soften her old heart. But that seemed to be really the only friend that you had. Charles Smoot didn't visit as often as you would have liked him to, as, well, anytime he would, he would be shooed away by the guard that is currently observing you. Clearly, after the altercation that occurred, Charles Smoot was no longer permitted to come near your cell. Fair enough. (laughs) But Charles Smoot, you did seem to show up the other recruits doing very well. Uh, And in fact, you seem to have made some good relations around the area. Though, you also did experience some disdain of individuals who kept referring to you as a crow. And, well... The discrimination that came with that. You couldn't sit at their lunch table. Oh, not the lunch table. <laughs> but... I was all intimidated by my superior masculinity. You frequently heard things, both of you actually heard things such as, wherever crow goes, misfortune follows, or crows only flock where there's trouble to be found. And some people, with even lower morale, would say things such as, I bet the crows are just looking to loot our corpses like them damn ruins. But all in all... It seemed the overall sentiment for you was that fortune favors the bold while misfortune follows the crow. That guy about the corpses wasn't wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I'll loot your dead body. Don't get me wrong. Vinavir, are you ready for your sentencing? He unfurls a paper in front of you. Vinavir, you are hereby ordered by Commander Reiner to serve five days hard labor, and you shall be conscripted into the military. Additionally, hereafter you shall be branded as an ether-tapper. Branded? Um, is there uh, no other way? Can I just be put in a list of forum of sorts? Uh, th- that seems to be a bit extreme, don't you think? <laughs> this is the list. Oh, it's just the list. Okay. Um, well, that's that's fine. You notice that there are three other individuals accompanied with this person. One of them seems to be holding a bucket of sorts, which has a long metal spoke pointing out of it. You swear you see red heated coals inside of it. Additionally, this captain opens up the gate and two of these people rush in and they pin you. Oh, come on. Can't we talk about this? This is a little extreme. I thought you said it was a list. <laughs> you just put it on a list. They stretch out your left arm, pinning you to the ground. Your face impacts with the dirt or mud once again. And... They stretch your hand out, facing the palm down to the earth. As the person carrying the bucket walks in, pulling out this iron spoke, and attached to it, you see a red-hot branding stamp. They quickly walk over, and you feel as the searing, burning pain travel through your hand all the way up your arm, and you scream in pain. And just as sudden as that pain began, You feel as a healing aura then covers your hand and the pain does fade away. And now on your hand is a raised brand in the shape of a staff with what appears to be ethereal flames coming off of it. And Finnevere, your legs are then shackled with metal chains and metal braces around your wrists that allow you to move them, but you are then ushered out of your cell. And for the next few days, you begin to perform your manual labor. Charles Smoot, there's been no sign of Valen for a good bit. You guys have been, well, dealing with the brutal labor that comes with joining the military. And Finnevere has been forcibly conscripted, as well as forced to do very hard labor of lifting stones that he never thought he could lift. You never know what you could do when you're under a lot of stress and pressure. Adrenaline pumping. But at about the eighth day, Charles, it is by this point that Finnevere has actually been released of his requirements to stay in his cell. And actually, he does manage to find a space inside of the same tent that you're in. He did get some of his things back. I, I had basically my clothes mm-hmm. and Bandalore. 
Yeah. I, yeah, not, I didn't get to have my backpack because I, I left with just what I was standing with. Mm-hmm. So you get your bandolier back, but the only thing that would have been missing in there are just a few of your spell components that were like obvious spell components. So whatever you would deem as obvious, most people would leave like things like plants and a tuft of wool, lint. Charles Smoot, though, it is during one of these evenings while you are sleeping, you begin to dream. You're standing in a white room. A deafening silence lies heavily in your mind. Suddenly, holes in the wall begin to open, and a thick black sludge quickly floods the room. I'm trying to allow you guys a little bit of freedom with your interactions. You can have some interaction with this dream. So what would your character do in reaction as this room is slowly filling with sludge? Are there any doors? Any openings? It is a white room, but there does not appear to be any obvious doors. How big are the holes that the sludge is coming from? The size of the bear behind you, probably about a foot and a half. Oh no, that's way too small for Charles Smith to fit in. Um, is there any, can you feel around on the ground to see if there are any hatches or anything? Sure, okay. What the heck is this? Whoa, you can't just put someone in a locked room and fill it with liquid. Charles Smoot, as you begin, you kind of dive under and you start feeling around for any latches. Does he begin panicking at all? Uh, the higher it gets, the more panicked he would be. Yes. I see. Is there anything in this room whatsoever? There is a nightstand. That's it? There is a white nightstand. The entire room is completely white, but your body becomes completely submerged, filling your mouth and lungs, drowning you. But then the sensation of the liquid fades and it merges to form a black and unending void around you. Then, as if on cue, a white light shines in the distance. Helplessly, you pursue the light, breaking the darkness into a dimly lit classroom with an old projector. It's shining onto the wall in front of you. Two familiar eyes stare back at you as you watch your wife gleefully taking your hand like watching an old, grainy movie. You feel something wrap around both your hands, and suddenly, you're there, holding her hand while your two children bounce up and down, while grasping at your other, just like when they were little. Charles, your wife says as she reaches towards your cheek with her small hands. But the sound of rushing liquid fills your ears again, and the walls of your home begin to seep the black ooze. You are in your home. You and your family are all together right now. Does the family seem calm with the fact that our walls are melting? Yes. But we gotta go! You would try and grab the kids and you would try and run out the front door. Which which kid do you pick up? Both of them? One? Just one in either arm. Come on, man. This guy lifts. Okay. So, Charles Smoot, you swoop up both of your children in your arms and attempt running for the door to get out. The sludge kind of holds your feet back and you try and fight against it once again. Let me go! As you do this, your wife rips her hand away from you. Your two small children now stand to the side as the young adults you remember them to be. Joy appears angry and begins to shout something incomprehensible at you. Now is not the time for this! As the black sludge fills the room and swallows all of you. You wake up to the crash of thunder and a flash of lightning illuminates your tent. At the foot of your cot, stands a figure, shrouded in a dark cloak. Benavir, I will let you know, this flash of lightning also wakes you up. And so you both see this, and you two are currently awake in the room, with the other people who still seem to be sleeping, though. The figure looks up at you as another flash of lightning illuminates the room, just briefly enough that the only sight that six of you is the vision of glowing green irises. They speak cryptically before disappearing with the light. Quentin's like, I hate this. There's questions that approach now. Mr. Smoot? What do you mean he's forgotten? Where are you? Fighting words. Let's go. Who do I gotta find? Mr. Smoot. Mr. Smoot's just like standing up in a cold sweat and is in a fighting stance, just ready to punch the closest thing. He almost hits Finnevere. Uh, Finnevere, like, is close to him enough to put his hand on his chest to, like, try to calm him down. Mr. Smoot. Mr. Smoot. Oh, Finnevere, you saw that, right? It wasn't just me. I'm not crazy. Hi. Oh. 
Shut up. You shut up. I'll knock you unconscious, too. No, you shut up. Hey, if you're unconscious, it's like you're sleeping. Piss off. All right. You can't tell suction cup man to go back to bed. <laughs> you two are currently standing next to each other, Finnevere, trying to calm Charles Smoot down. Is there anything else you would do? Uh, uh, aside from, like, like very much make sure that w- that he knew what I saw, and I would describe it to him. Exactly what I saw. It, what is this? It has begun thing which is giving me nightmares. Oh, maybe see things I don't want to see anymore. Well, ordinarily, I'd say that this was some kind of uh, 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 dream type hallucinogenic effect. Um, I, you know, I, I, I grew up with someone who had uh, night terrors and they would describe them vividly. Yeah, 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 sure, but then someone mysteriously appearing in the middle of a military outpost? I don't think so. This is some mystical voodoo. Uh, well, I don't know that there's much we can do about it now. Let's just go back to bed. What do you mean you can't sleep after something like this, Finnevere? I'm, 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 I'm. He's just, Smoot just tries to storm out. He's just going to go explore the military compound. Finn's just going to go back to bed. He can't stop Smoot. Okay. Many have tried. Few have succeeded. All right. So, Charles Smoot, you storm out from your tent into mm-hmm. the pouring rain outside. It is currently storming. There is thunder and lightning overhead. As you trudge through the mud, you see no signs of this person outside. Uh, Smoot, very aggravated, would probably, like, look up to the sky and scream. What do you mean it has begun? So, Charles Smoot, you fall to your knees afterwards in some defeat. And eventually, after sitting in the rain for probably about an hour, just absorbing the coolness of night and the wet of the rain, you finally go back to bed. And a few more days do pass. But it is around the 12th day that you receive your next orders. Charles, Vinavia. That's my name. Uh, So, yes, sir. You're relieved. What do you mean relieved? Of your duties. What? Says who? Why? Well, says the king. The cat. Whoa, okay. Well, could give me a fancy blue helmet instead. I would have taken that. He rolls his eyes at you. He's so used to this by now. <laughs> you have tried fighting your captain way too many times, and honestly. How did it go? Pretty on par. We're on par? That's pog. I like that. And Finavir, he just sort of acknowledges you. He doesn't like you very much, though. You're too weak for him. Uh, there's, right. there's mutual man respect between him and Smooth. All right. Pack your things and head out. I don't want to see you back here ever again. Oh, what, you don't want my natural raw talent back in your military? We can go. If we, if you want to keep that permission, uh, I suggest you do as he says. Ah, uh, fine. Clarifying. Smoot is going to try and take the stuff. Sure. Okay, cool. Smoot, those are your things. Those are, are your gear. Let's go. But I will make note that they do confiscate any military markings on your equipment. Finn get free stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he would have been, because he got conscripted temporarily. He did uh, get conscripted. Who knows? Maybe they hate me. All I got was like this. Uh, I went to prison and all I got was this rusty dagger. I will let you know. Okay. So you both technically would have gotten almost a full week's worth of training. So there are three options of boons that you will get. You get to pick Ooh. one of these. This is my gift to you. Oh. So, I'm going to give you a description, and you'll pick from this description. I'll tell you what feat you get. Oh. All right. Train in pursuing the enemy and preventing escape, or prepare your body for the trials of war, or gain mastery over and skill in the use of weapons of war. I'll take skill focus. That's the one you pick? Yeah. That's not what that is. It's not? No. Really? What does it mean by weapons of war? Well, it, it, it's a vague description. It is. It's, it's like a purpose. genie wish. Yeah, I know. I assumed it was like skill focus in your preferred weapon category. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna crush that nine by nine. Uh, prepare body. Okay, so, uh, Finnevere, you gain endurance. Charles Smoot would get martial weapon proficiency. I already have it. If you already have it, then you would. I would allow you to. I have exotic weapon proficiency too. Okay, then your other options are for the train in pursuing the enemy and preventing escape, or prepare your body for the trials of war. I'll take endurance. Okay. As you begin packing up your things, you have slung over your shoulder your new equipment, Finnevere, your uh, heavier equipment. You were given a chain shirt and you were required to wear it 
during the time that you were here, which is why your body uh, now has endurance on it. (laughs) So your character was given a chain shirt. He was also given one of the two options. He was not permitted to have two weapons because everyone looked at him and was like, you can't handle it. I can't. They're right. I can't. So your options were the greatsword, the dagger, javelin, longspear, or longbow. Okay, I'll take the dagger because I don't think I can wield any of the other ones. They're like martial weapons, right? Oh, I know. You could have gotten martial weapon proficiency. Maybe I could have, yeah. All right. So you have that. You have the mess kit and a fresh blanket, which is not as fresh as it was when you got it. But yeah, that's where we are. Gentlemen, you begin walking out the front of the gate, sort of saluting to the other members that you've made some acquaintanceship with. Although, Finnevere, some people are just scoffing at you. They actually, a few of them scoff at Charles Smoot, although Charles Smoot is big and brawny and Finnevere is small. I'd, I'd, and yeah, meek. I'd growl at him if they, they stared at me too long. As you walk out, you see at the end of the road is Balin and Kelsey with a total of four mounts. And you approach down the road and come upon them. Smoot would wave as he approaches. Oh, it's so good to see you guys. Been, um... He's going to approach, but kind of like uh, nonchalantly have his right hand over his left. Okay. Uh, but very pleased to see the rest of the party, or right. at the very least, Barrett, Balin, and Kelsey. You can see that both of them have a very serious expression on their faces while Kelsey sort of half smiles. Valen just looks at you both. We have a problem. And that is where we're going to end this week's episode of The Gage Chronicles. Thank you, Foundlings, for listening to this week's episode of The Gage Chronicles. If you've enjoyed this series, please consider leaving a rating and a review in whatever podcast listening app that you're on, whether or not it's Podchaser, Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts, because that does help other people discover our podcast and listen to this awesome content. If you want to support the podcast in other ways, consider going to our website, missingrolleplayerfound.com. That's missing R-O-L-L playerfound.com and picking up some merchandise where we have hats, stickers, t-shirts, and more. Additionally, if you want to support the podcast in a cooler way and directly, go to our Patreon. You can donate directly to the podcast. We get that money. We put it towards the podcast. We buy sound effects and make it sound better, guys. Maybe, I don't, I don't know. Um, But if you do that, you can get some really cool stuff like bonus content, such as early releases of episodes, GM notes, especially through our World Anvil. That's looking pretty schmack in there, guys. I'll let you know. Make sure that you are following us on our social media accounts, Twitter and Instagram at RollFound to keep up to date on any announcements and news that we have to let you know about. I know that's weird English, but that's okay, guys. And make sure you're joining us in our Discord and hanging out and chatting and, you know, playing in our Minecraft. And last but not least, we do want to give a big thank you and shout out to Michael Gelfi, Will Savino with Music D20, Monumental Studios, and Dark Fantasy Studios for allowing us to use their music and ambiance in today's episode. We really wish you guys would check them out. And additionally, check out Sirenscape because that's what I use to put together all of my soundscapes for the sessions I run in person. And apparently they're pretty schmacking too. All right. We will see you next, next week on The Gate Chronicles. Bye. Bye, guys.